This is episode two of the Capital Commute podcast with CFL quarterback and Butler alum, Matt Shields. Hey, you know, I think Indy is a, is a great market just because there's a market for, you know, whatever you're looking to get into, whether it's buy and hold, fix and flip. You know, I find there's a strong rental market about young professionals and, and recent grads as well as, you know, long-term residents that, that want to stay renting in a property. Welcome to the Capital Commute podcast, where we talk about investing in the heart of Indianapolis with an array of real estate investors. If you want to learn more about real estate investing in Indianapolis, you've come to the right place. All right, so we've got Matt and Sam here, and our, our guest today. Uh, really looking forward to this. We've got Matt Schiltz uh, with us. Uh, Matt was a, a Butler University graduate, uh, and he's currently in the Canadian Football League, uh, and he's looking to get started in real estate. Hey, Matt, thanks for, for being here today. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to really excited to talk to you. Yeah, excellent. So Matt, um, like Matt said, went to Butler uh, as well, and he has reached out to, to us numerous times, and we've had multiple conversations about the impact of real estate investing, investing in general, and, and as a young person, getting involved in you know creating essentially a, a passive income. So Matt's going to come at it uh, from a cool perspective where he's yet to do a, a real estate deal, but he's looked into quite a few. And we're really excited to, to learn a little bit about what interests you so much in, in real estate, specifically here in Indianapolis. So I guess we'll kick it off with the first question here, Matt Schiltz. What interests you so much about uh, becoming this, this real estate investor uh, that, that we've talked about so much? We've got Sam a little bit of an eager beaver. Maybe before that, you could tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> we kind of said yeah, a little definitely. bit. Definitely. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, I went to University. I University. Uh, played football there for my five years, had a redshirt year there, and grew up in the Chicagoland area, so I'm a Midwest guy through and through, but, uh, you know, I fell in love with Indianapolis when I was there, and I think it's a, it's a great city, it's a, it's a great town um, in itself, and the little neighborhoods all around the city, and a um, bunch of different areas for, for food and drink, and um, just a great spot for, especially for young professionals to, to start their career in, also settle down and, and make, make Indianapolis their home, so... Um, you know, I loved it there, and then I was fortunate enough to uh, work for Ernst & Young right out of school for about six to seven months and passed my CPA exams, and um, right in the middle of busy season, I actually got a call from my agent saying that Montreal Alouettes up in the CFL had, had some interest in me, so went to a, went to a tryout and made the roster and um, haven't looked back, so I'm excited to, to be up here and still continue my football career, but I know that, uh, that that's going to end someday, and um, real estate has always kind of been a passion of mine and um, was never able to fully dive into it as much as I'd, as I'd like in the past. But uh, like you said, Matt, I've been uh, in contact with you a few times and, and bouncing real estate ideas off of you. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about the Indianapolis market and what it has in store right now. But um, to answer your second question, you know, I just firmly believe that, you know, like real estate investing is the single best way to grow long-term wealth. Um, you know, I want to be financially free sooner than later. And, um, you know, when I start to have a family and retire from the game, I want to have my money work for me. Um, you know, I have some lofty real estate goals, but I think having those high expectations and, and setting high goals are, are key to success, just like anything in life. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your uh, your plans and your goals, too. So maybe before that, I'm curious, like, so you went to Butler. I mean, I always knew you as, like, the, the quarterback on the football team, real sharp kid in our business classes and whatnot, but like you passed your tests for, uh, you know, to get into accounting and then 
like boom, your world just like changes. Like you get that call from your agent. What was that experience like, just like emotionally going through that? Yeah, it was it was one of the more emotional experiences to be honest with you. So I was working at at Ernst Young, like I said, and you know I was going back and forth talking to my mom, my family about whether I should just tell my agent, you know, I'm going to be done. Even if you get a call, just hanging up the cleats. You know, I was working out. You know, I wasn't busy working out like football was my full time job because I still had to take care of my professional career. But um, you know, something was still calling me back to the game, and um, you know, I ended up had a CPA exam on that Monday, or excuse me, I had a CPA exam on the Friday of that week, and I got a call on that Monday for my agent saying Montreal has interest in you. So we're going back and forth and talking about, with, you know, people in my life, my family, and some of my mentors in the football world, and um, to me it seemed like a no-brainer, but at the same time I was walking away from a very steady job, a, a job that, you know, I enjoyed, I was learning a lot, and, and um you know, I ended up making that decision that week and then still ended up taking my CPA exam on that, on that Friday and then, you know, talking to the company and putting in my two weeks. So it was kind of a whirlwind of experiences, whirlwind of emotions, but at the end of the day, I was just so thankful to be able to continue to play the game and um, thankful that I can still make a career out of it right now. That's awesome. So um, back into the real estate, so like what we usually do in the conversation is talk through like a specific deal that you went through. Um, I'm curious, like I think that, you know, maybe for your situation it'd make a lot of sense to uh, to focus in on a deal that you've looked at, something that like you got really in the trenches on and, and uh, obviously like didn't end up falling through on. So I'm curious if, if you have any deals like that in mind that we could uh, focus the conversation uh, to. Yeah, I actually did. It was uh, it's a unique experience in that it was a butler house, um, it was an off-market deal and little background on it, the, the landlord and the owner was actually a former Butler football player who um, was a senior when I was a freshman, and uh, he bought the house after he graduated, getting into the real estate market, especially in Indianapolis, and, uh, you know, we rented the house from him when we were students there during our fifth year. Oh, and, so you're uh, super, you're super familiar with the property then, huh? Uh, so yeah, you, you yeah it was a great it. property, and it was an off-market deal, it was an off-market property, so... Um, it was a unique situation that he approached uh, me and their teammate actually, and we've been looking into some houses in Indianapolis at the time. And at the time, it seemed like a no-brainer. Um, you know, I have you know my little goals that I look for in a certain deal and um, my metrics that I want, and it was checking them off left and right. Um, you know, the asking was just about two forty-five, and um, you know, a house like that with five bedrooms could rent you know well above. 2500 a month so that was meeting my one percent goal meeting all my cash flow goals was you know all my vacancy capex maintenance all my expenses and even property management if we wanted it, it was still meeting those goals um so it was a it was a, a deal that ended up not falling through and uh it was a learning experience you know it's it's something that uh, left me with a, with a tough feeling and you know a tough taste in my mouth but I told myself from that day, uh, you know, I'll never be unprepared again for an investment when the right opportunity comes by. So what, up to that point, like as, as you reached out to you about the particular opportunity, like how much research had you done up to that point, like on real estate? Uh, you mentioned, like clearly you have a good understanding of like the mm -hmm. expenses, like you mentioned CapEx, which is capital expenditure. So those things like the roof or, you know, your appliances, those things you don't replace every, you know, day, week or, you know, even year, but something you might 
expect to replace, you know, maybe every 5, 10, 20 years, especially with like a roof. Okay. So you got to clearly understand like your expense breakdown. So like how much research and time have you put into real estate up to that point? Uh, actually, it would just be, you know, a couple hours here and there. Um, you know, if I if I had some free time in the evening or watching, you know, a, a game on, on the TV, I'd be, you know, doing some research on just how to value properties, how to analyze certain certain deals and um, just the things to keep in mind, um, you know, when you're running a house that you may not necessarily think of when you first see a property for sale. So that's where I really started to learn about, you know, the vacancy expenses and maintenance and, um, you know, like capital expenditures and how much to estimate for that and the different models and methods to use. And then at the same time doing research in the, in the community on what the house could rent for. Unfortunately, being at Butler and, and living on campus for those years, you kind of get an idea and you have not only a network of people that know around you, but then also a network for, uh, to find your rentals and to find your tenants. So that was something that I kind of knew there. I didn't have to do as much research on the rental market because I kind of knew how that would play out, but more so was my research, maybe an hour, hour a night, maybe 45 minutes a night. And, um, you know, learn that and develop a method that I think would apply to the Indianapolis market. And, um, you know, I think the 1% rule is great. Obviously, if you can get 2% of your of your rent of the uh, house property, that's a great metric to go off of. And um, if it can hit that, you know, I shoot for 15% cash on cash return, and you can hit both of those, I think, I think it's a great deal. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's a really great example to, like, really use as a learning lesson for a lot of our audience, which is, you know, you had put in some preparation, like you put in some time. It wasn't like you were going to seminars and you, you know, you were like still balancing like a normal job. Like it's, it's really something that you just have to be intentional about. And then you were, you know, 45 minutes a day, you know, just here and there, um, you know, learning as you go. I mean, that, that was enough for you to be able to know when that came, you know, he, he probably reached out via text or called you or something and you like knew that was something you should dive into. So. What else, like, from that point to now, like, what have you done to take action on, like, how you can uh, equip to move forward uh, when another deal comes across your table? Yeah, one of the biggest things and the reasons why it fell through, you know, I'm talking how it was such a great deal. People are probably wondering why didn't you move on it. And uh, one of the biggest things for me was understanding the financing side of it. So with a house like that, I could have gone the traditional financing route and, you know, likely having to put down 20%. And um, at the same time, I was making all my U.S. money in Canada, so I didn't have any U.S.-based income. And when you go for, you know, pre-approvals in the mortgage process, they pull your tax returns and they want to see your debt-to-income, among other things. So that, that was a holdup that I needed to understand how long that process was going to take or if I wanted to go a hard money financing or find an additional you know, investor that, that had the capital put up and partner that way. Um, and I was still trying to bring in, you know, another investor and, and go through that. So at the end of the day, it was the, it was learning about the financing side of it to be able to move quickly because once a deal comes up, um, you know, there's a lot of investors around that are going to want to move on a deal if they, if they see it to be a lucrative deal. So um, unfortunately, I wasn't prepared on that side of it. So that was where I had to learn and continue to learn right now and just network whether a, a fix and flip comes up to have hard money in store or whether a house that I'm able to uh, move on traditionally financing with, with a mortgage um, have those those pieces in place to, to be able to act quickly.
quickly and, and effectively. So, um, cool. at the end of the day, it was a, it was a learning experience, but uh, there's always going to be another deal, I like to say. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can find one here sooner than later. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I also wanted to, as you were talking, I pulled up the, the property, um, and hopefully this doesn't like rub a, a raw wound, but I think it's good for our listeners, listeners to be able to understand like what exactly we're talking about. So the property address was uh, 4723 Hindley, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I just pulled it up. So it sold, you said it was offered for you at 245 So the relationship there, there's a couple like learning points here. It's like one... You know the property sold for listed at two sixty four nine and sold for two sixty six. So like it moved really fast above list price, and so there would have been about twenty thousand uh, dollars, a little bit more in equity there for you. So um, you know by researching and like you know really uh, you know learning the basics, like you definitely knew that that was an opportunity. Um, you know and, and there was an equity opportunity there. Two, um, I feel like the property, um, you know as far as like your numbers that you underwrote, like you knew that the rent would be a certain amount, like people jumped all over that and like that would have been a great great uh, potential property to move on. Um, but I think that like the biggest learning lesson that I've seen from like hearing your experience with it is that um, by going through that process, it's gonna equip you for that next deal. Yeah, and definitely. And I like to apply a lot of things just to general life lessons, you know, uh, sometimes the things that don't work out for you are the, are the best things that lead you to the, to the next best thing. Um, so I just take it one day at a time and keep doing my research and keep looking at the things that I may not have thought of uh, before and hopefully have all my ducks in a row for, for when the time comes. You obviously went to school uh, here in Indy. You know, you're from the Chicago area. Uh, you're up in Montreal now uh, for work. So, like, what's drawing you back to Indy? Is it just, like, the fact that you've had experience with it in, uh, when you were here for school or, like, What's keeping you from looking at other markets? Hey, you know, I think India is a is a great market just because there's a market for you know whatever you're looking to get into, whether it's buying a hold, fix and flip, or um, you know the Burr method, which is you know buying the property, rehabbing it, refinancing, and then renting it out. And there's different areas in the city that fit different investment strategies. Um, you know, I find there's a strong rental market of both young professionals and, and recent grads as well as you know, long-term residents that, that want to stay renting in a property, um, which make the buy-and-hold market reasonable while still finding deals that, you know, meet that 1% rule. So, um, and on top of that, I think it's, it's just a great a great community. Um, there's tons of great restaurants, tons of good food options, and um, you can really find whatever you're looking for in the city. So it's been great, and um, being there for five years definitely helps where you learn the ins and outs of the city and some of the spots where, you know, growth is coming and, um, you know, the next spots that, that could, could pop off on the real estate side. So um, it's been great, and I love I love continuing to learn about Indianapolis, and they just got a lot of big things in the works, too, with, with the red line, and um, it's just growing and expanding, and I think it's a, a perfect time to get into the market. For sure, yeah. What I really like about your story, too, is, like, you're, you're here for, you know, four or five years, and then, you know, you left, and you still are – like investing your time and energy in Indianapolis like you could you know investing remotely like we work with people you know from time to time that you know they live somewhere else and they want to invest in Indianapolis and I think it's really cool because you know you're you're leaving you're not here you know you've gone you're not here and you still want to invest you know your money into Indianapolis I think it's a really good lesson for a lot of our listeners who might literally live here in Indianapolis and 
Uh, there's really no excuses for, you know, if you're interested in real estate, you believe it's going to be a wealth generator, like, you know, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've been spending my, my first off season was spent in Indianapolis. And my last off season was spent in, in Dallas. And you know, I've heard a lot of good things about the Dallas market and, and learning there. So um, something was just still drawing me back to Indianapolis and, and it just fit everything that I was kind of looking for and the types of deals that I'm looking for. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to continue in, in Indy. And Great. Now, Schiltz, you mentioned a couple of different parts of town that, that really interest you, and a couple of things you hit on are, are pretty relevant, you know, with a lot of our listeners specifically, with our office being in Sobro with the Red Line and, and some other things and some new restaurants. As you've seen Indy grow, right, you were here in the early, you know, 2010, 2011 to 2016, Obviously, we're coming at the end of the decade here. What is the most exciting neighborhood for you that you think would be like, hey, if the deal pops up in this neighborhood, I definitely want to jump on it. Like, what specific neighborhood interests you the most right now? Yeah, right now, I, I really do love the, the Sobro and the regular Broad Ripple area. I think that they're just going to continue to grow, continue to appreciate um, property values, and you can still find deals that meet that 1% rule, which is huge. Um, especially in, in a market where houses are appreciating relatively quickly. Um, you know, a deal that doesn't necessarily meet that, you're not going to hit your cash-on-cash numbers that you might or might be looking for. And uh, along with the real estate side, then I know it's grown, like you said, with the red line through, through Sobro and, um, you know, tons of restaurants and little microbreweries and um, are still popping up. And it's in Broad Ripple, the Strip is still a great area for – for young professionals as well as the college students that, that go out there and enjoy themselves. So that's the, that's the area I'm really drawn to, but instead there's tons of neighborhoods, whether it's in downtown or Fountain Square, near east side, I mean, near north side, and um, there really really isn't a bad area. I'll, I'll look for deals in all those spots, but I'm still really drawn to that Zobro area as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean... You summed it up perfectly with a lot of the things going on around town, and, and you brought up some some interesting factors that a couple of a couple of our other uh, participants have mentioned with microbreweries and such. Now, being that hey, you're you're at this stage, I'm just looking to get my first deal. You're obviously somebody who does the research and prepares for things. What what is your biggest concern before as you head into your first deal? Like, what's the one thing that if you're like, man, if I had this taken care of, like. I would be full all in on it. Is there one thing that's just kind of like you're a little nervous about going into your first deal? Yeah, so I'm really looking into the to buy and hold, a buy and hold deal. And the biggest risk there is just having that that deal um, with the tenant and collecting those rents. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to drive your money and, and drive your return and drive your cash on cash. And at the end of the day, create a profit for you. So. Um, if you can find properties that are already tenanted or um, you know already rented out for for a year or even two years, I, but uh, those don't those don't come up that often. So um, those are some things that I look for. But um, really, just making sure that 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 rental one price and then that the rental opportunity is there in a deal. And uh, fortunately, you know, just doing research, I see that uh, the market is pretty good for rentals right now in Indianapolis and, and that's Sobro and Broad Ripple area so um, just looking for the right thing right now yeah and I honestly I hear that a lot like with the biggest concern just being like the property management side of things like it's really scary yeah. for people to think you know I bought the property like they always like, the biggest thing I always hear is like 
oh, like, I don't want to be, you know, woken up at 2 a.m. and there'd be a major emergency maintenance request. And it's like, I always tell them, it's like, do you plan on managing the property? Sometimes they say yes, sometimes they haven't really thought about it. I know in your case, you know, you're obviously not going to manage the property yourself. You're going to probably trust a property manager in town. Um, and so that's like a really important factor is knowing that it's really about putting the right people in the right places that can help you, uh, you know, help be an advocate for you and that, you know, property manager is going to do that and, and make things easier. So that way, you know, there's an emergency maintenance request and, you know, maybe you get an update in like your monthly email from your property manager, but like day to day, you know, once you buy the property, pass it on, on to property management, you know, you're pretty much all set. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I factor into uh, my deals when I analyze them. I always at least factor in the 10% of rent for a property manager and, um, you know, when the right time comes just to have a property manager that you trust, that you know knows the area and uh, will handle the things, like you said, as they come up. So it's uh, less of a headache for the investor. Very cool. So um, I think we're uh, running a little bit low on time here. So I think it's now time for our stoplight speed round. Uh, so we got a couple questions for you, um, a little bit off of real estate. A little bit of overlap but let's just start with the red light which is what is your favorite what's your current favorite book it could be real estate business related or honestly anything uh, my favorite right now is mind gym you know it's a good book it's kind of treated as like a little daily devotional it's geared more towards more towards athletes but um, just a way to keep your keep your psychologically you know mind in the game and, and focused on anything that you're that you're going to be doing very cool so the yellow light question. Next up, we've got what's your favorite uh, Indianapolis restaurant? Ooh, that's tough. There's a lot of good spots. Yeah, you're not here all the time either. You'll have to go back to yeah, being in Montreal. There's a lot of good restaurants, but I think I'm gonna have to go with uh, Fat Dan's. Fat Dan's Deli. Um, they have a spot there on College, and then another spot I know downtown, right off uh, Mass Ave there. But uh, kind of has the Chicago vibe from from back home, and oh, yeah. has a little bit of Indianapolis in it too. So it's a good combination. Yeah, we're walking distance from there right now. You're kind of making me want to, it's kind of getting close to the end of the day for us to decide to walk over there for, for a brew. Definitely, <laughs> um, never hurt. Cool, so green light, last question here. Um, if you could live anywhere in Indianapolis, you know, what, you mentioned what neighborhood you, you want to invest in. You mentioned Sobro, Broderpool. Like, what area would you live if you could choose? Yeah, it's a funny question because, honestly, I would choose to live in that same area, in that Sobro and in the... Broad Ripple area, you know, I think it's a, a great spot with, you know, a lot of diverse families and diverse people and a great market to live in. Um, so it makes my life easier too if I have an investment property there and I'm also living there, but uh, that's definitely the spot to be in my mind. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think uh, a lot of people think, you know, living in the same place that their rental properties are, like it kind of irks them for some reason, but I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'd rather be I'd rather know I'm close by, and if anything did come up, uh, you know, you'd be you'd be available. And uh, it's almost a little bit like practicing what you preach too. You know, you want to put you want to put people in your properties and feel really good about it. Or at least we do. Um, so, you know, wanting to live in that same area is pretty cool. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's all we've got on our end. We really appreciate appreciate your time, Matt. Uh, I think a lot of lessons, a lot of little great tidbits, information. Uh, that I think our audience can pull from the conversation. So appreciate your time, man. 
Yeah, thanks a lot, Matt. Sam, appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, it's a pleasure talking to you as always, and uh, looking forward to hopefully working with you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to meet you, man.